This is Religion Unplugged, a regular podcast about the role of faith in public life. In the wake of COVID-19, the physical rituals of faith are being put on pause. Religious communities around the world are faced with how to worship when they don't have holy water or prayer rugs. Some of their services are completely canceled until further notice. It all raises a new question. How do you reach a congregation and how can you be part of a congregation if you can't leave your own home? Hello, friends of the Media Project. This is Paul Gladder, Executive Director based in New York City area. And we want to do a feature where we hear from people around the world, our members and friends, about how church service went for them on Sunday with coronavirus fears. So I'll go first. Uh, I happen to be in Colorado Springs, Colorado area this past Sunday in the United States of America. It was the first Sunday that we had imposed social distancing policies. And in Colorado Springs, all gatherings with more than 200 people were asked not to meet. So uh, I was visiting family. The church that we were going to attend has more than 200 people. So they canceled the service in person. The pastor gave a message online that people streamed to their homes. So <clears throat> families and you know, some neighbors could get together and, and watch the church service together. So that's what I did. I was, was staying with my brother and he had friends come over and we watched the church service. We had questions and people took notes. Um, we had question discussion after the, the sermon and then some prayer time. And actually I was hanging out with a bunch of American soldiers and elite troops. So they actually did uh, some uh, military training uh, after the church service, because some of these these young men were part of the church security team at their church. Certainly a unique uh, way to worship together, but I think it was actually a really interesting one. And there was a lot of discussion around hope and peace, and also uh, that this is what the church is about, meeting in homes, not necessarily meeting in buildings. So I thought that was fascinating. Hello everyone, this is David in Ireland and a blessed St. Patrick's Day to you on this most surreal of occasions. Almost every event commemorating our patron saint, church services, parades, parties have been cancelled. But the bells did still ring and the leaders of the Anglican Church and Roman Catholic Church used social media to urge the faithful to pray St. Patrick's breastplate prayer. Things have been a little more complicated on this island as usual because Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland, an independent country, and they've taken very different approaches to countering COVID-19. The Irish Prime Minister, who was in Washington for a meeting with President Trump, addressed the Irish nation from the US capital last Friday, announcing a partial lockdown, the closure of schools, etc., now, some churches in the Republic decided to close on the back of that, but the British government had not announced any lockdown, so most churches in Northern Ireland went ahead with services or mass, but introduced measures to curtail the spread of coronavirus. No handshaking on arrival or as a sign of peace. The doors were held open so no one had to touch them, and those serving Holy Communion wore protective gloves. Things have changed dramatically since then. All of the main denominations in Ireland have now announced the suspension of their gatherings this coming weekend. 
but it is really encouraging to see how many are making preparation to stream services of worship online. And as we all know, where two or three are gathered, even online, he will be there in the midst of them. Hey Paul, uh, it's good to hear from you. Hope uh, everyone out there is doing all right. Um, from my side in Exeter, which is uh, one of the biggest cities in the sort of southwest of England, uh, my church was cancelled uh, on Sunday last week as the pastor and the leadership team were aware of these sort of uncertain times. Prime Minister called a halt to sort of all social gatherings so I guess the pastor was sort of ahead uh, of the curve in a way and in that sense the Archbishop of Canterbury just in the last hour or so I think called for all churches to to stop this coming weekend uh, but we did it uh, last week anyway. Definitely the steer from from our side uh, from, from our church is that we're all to try to uh, increase connectivity as we sort of decrease um, contact, I guess. So uh, all social gatherings are, are off. So my house group's due to meet, it was due to meet at my house uh, tomorrow night, but actually we're going to meet via Google Hangouts instead. So it'll be nice to sort of see each other at least, albeit virtually. Uh, but you know, I mean, I work at home, at least another one of the guys in our group works at home. And so sort of used to that virtual sphere to a degree, uh, although less so when it comes to collective worship. The Archbishop has also called for us um, on Sunday. He's called for Sunday, Mother and Sunday in the UK uh, this coming week to be a national day of prayer and for Christians at 7pm to light a candle in the window as a sign of, of uh, light and hope in this time. So all the best for everyone out there. Hello Paul. Uh, this is a report from Inger in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I can tell you that currently in Sweden, gatherings of more than 500 persons are prohibited. Most churches, they have less people on Sundays, so services have been celebrated this past weekend. Um, however, most churches have been streaming their services, uh, as a lot of people mm, chose not to go to church this past weekend. Uh, in Uppsala Pentecostal Church, for example, uh, the service was streamed from an empty church. Other churches, they have encouraged people to come to church for service, but urged them not to sit on every chair, but on every second chair, and not to leave the building at the same time. Uh, so they are encouraged to keep distance at all times. There have been initiatives during this week to help churches less experienced to uh, help them in, in streaming services. Uh, I wrote about that yesterday. Uh, we have TBN, which is a Nordic Christian channel. Uh, they helped in cooperation with Swedish gurus of tech. They organized a webinar uh, and they also provide a platform for churches in order to help them to stream uh, services. So this is a report from uh, shutdown Sweden, not as shutdown as Italy or France, but still uh, we live under severe um, restrictions at the moment and probably schools will be closed this week as well. 
Well, I hope you all are well and blessings to all of you. And I hope to hear from you, from you all soon. Bye bye. Hi, Paul. Yeah, this is Alas from Nairobi, Kenya. Of course, um, great concern here uh, about the COVID-19. Um, so far, um, according to the government authorities, there are four cases uh, reported positive. Um, and, uh, you know, all the churches over the weekend um, took a lot of precautions um, to make sure that um, yeah, there's no spread. For example, um, there was the, there were the hand sanitizers as you get into the places of worship. Um, there were no handshakes allowed. Uh, the distance between the congregation, of course, was kept uh, safe a meter or two. Uh, there were no hugs. Some churches actually uh, suspended some services uh, for 30 days. Um, uh, one of the churches uh, encouraged people to, to go live and do a virtual service. And uh, today, which is uh, 17th of March, the president uh, said that the coming Saturday 21st will be a national prayer day for the country where um, prayers will be conducted by uh, leaders of uh, the various denominations from uh, uh, the state house, which is the residence of the president and uh, streamed live um, across all channels to television stations so that people can follow them from their homes. I'm in the Catholic Church and, uh, you know, like the holy water at the entrance of the door was removed uh, during Sunday Mass. Um, the Holy Communion was administered on the hand of uh, uh, the congregation, not as opposed to uh, the tongue, just to try and uh, reduce any uh, chances of spread. And most of the churches have issued guidelines of how to deal with the virus uh, and how to keep it at bay. Uh, of course, uh, the big announcement two days ago was uh, that all schools have been closed, all universities have been closed, and at places of work too, uh, people are being encouraged to try and minimize uh, working from the office, non-essential staff. Those who don't have to be in the office have been asked to work from home. But uh, yeah, that's the reality of life. Wishing all of you um, safe days ahead. Take care. Um, Take care of your families, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you and uh, spread the word that this is a virus that if all of us uh, work according to the lay down procedures, we shall definitely overcome it. Thanks and uh, take care from Kenya. Uh, hi everyone, I'd just like to add my voice to what um, Elias has um, reported. Other than that, I think I just want to give an example of my local church where I go, because I live in Ongatarongai, and remember Ongatarongai is the um, place where the first case was reported in Kenya. So there's been a lot of uh, stigmatization, there's been a lot of rumors taking their rounds, and so what um, really caught my attraction, my attention was that in the homily on Sunday in my local church, that is um, Holy Spirit uh, Church, a Catholic church in Ongatarongai, the priests dedicated the homily to the coronavirus and uh, was very clear on giving tips on our responsibility as Christians and also our responsibility as citizens and just uh, spelled out 
uh, both the government and the church um, uh, directions as uh, clearly stipulated by Elias up there. But I wanted to share the experience of then uh, the priest that takes that is responsible for the um, Orione Children's Center, a center for children living with disabilities, organized for a workshop for the community. The workshop was a sensitization workshop held yesterday, Tuesday afternoon. Um, and all they were doing is um, emphasizing the need for clean hands, avoiding contact, for cooking food thoroughly, uh, avoiding uh, contact with the animals. And uh, most important was that uh, the medical officer in charge of um, the Rongai uh, Hospital or Rongai uh, Olekasasi Health Center demonstrated to the community on how to come up and uh, have homemade um, sanitizers. If not, just use the regular soap to ensure that um, the hands and the surfaces are clean all the time. It was an opportunity for the members of the community to also ask the medical officers questions on areas of concern that they had and ensure the safety of their families. So I just thought I should add that as a personal experience from my church, my home church, and especially because this in Kenya is being considered a very high risk area. I keep, um, I believe all of you uh, are keeping safe and uh, we pray that um, this pandemic will uh, be history in no time. I wish you all God's safety. Thank you, Pam. My name is Tabitha Wanyinge. Now my church is uh, called Mamlaka Hill Chapel. And uh, last Sunday was quite interesting. First of all, the church was uh, like three quarter field, which was good compared to other churches that had like less than a half of uh, the population coming. All the three services actually were held and they were all sort of three quarter full. Now, the first thing that I found very interesting is that we normally have taps in the bathrooms that uh, you use, you open, you turn the knobs. At this time, the taps were automatic. You didn't have to touch anything. You just, uh, they censor your fingers and they come on. That was fitted just before the Sunday church service. Uh, secondly, there were, the paper towels were removed. They encouraged us to use the air dryers, which have not been working for a while, but they reinstalled them just for the sake of the, the virus, uh, uh, just keeping the members from, from the virus. And then uh, within the service, uh, the seating arrangement was still just the same, although hand sanitizers were provided. And, and then when it came to offertory time, our members were encouraged to use uh, mobile uh, money uh, services and not to put money in the bags. Although they said that if you really have to, then it's okay, just go ahead and put it in the bag. They're going to have a way of uh, making sure that uh, the ushers and the, 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 the money handlers will be protected from any eventuality. So that is it for now. In case of any questions or anything, I'll be able to elaborate later. Thank you so much and bye. I am Nwea Ben Modika. I am editor-in-chief of the public broadcaster, the Cameroon Radio Television, Adamawa Regional Service. I am also the presiding elder with the Apostolic Church in Cameroon, Gaundere Assembly, Gaundere One District. As a journalist in Cameroon, we have been uh, sensitizing the population 
on a series of preventive measures. The borders have been closed and uh, other measures like the closure of schools and the prohibition of the gathering of uh, people above 50. So the real challenge for Christians and for uh, my church and very many other churches will be from this weekend because um, before yesterday, Cameroon had recorded a total five number of uh, cases. Most of them, people who flew in from, from abroad and in just 48 hours, the number doubled to 10. Uh, this must have uh, prompted uh, the government action. And so for churches and schools, the real challenge begins as from tomorrow when schools will be closed down, gatherings of more than 50 people prohibited, and uh, public places, restaurants, and nightclubs to close at 8 p.m. That, that is when the real challenge begins, especially from this weekend, to find out how creative church administrators like me, elders, pastors, and congregations will have to innovate to hold their services and to keep in touch with their faithfuls. Greetings from Cameroon and we'll keep praying that tomorrow shall be better than today. This is Amanda Machaga from Johannesburg, South Africa. As I share this with you, the cases of coronavirus in the Gauteng region where I'm based have increased to 61. So you can imagine the panic that is there. But our president addressed the nation on Sunday um, to say that people should take precautionary measures to curb the spread of the virus and that gatherings should be limited to a hundred. And uh, obviously churches had to respond to that. Our church has thousands and thousands of members. It's called uh, Church Alive. And so our pastor put out a video on YouTube uh, sharing with the congregation how are we going to conduct church going forward under the circumstances. And so we've been encouraged to continue gathering, but in small groups called Life groups that we always gather in during the week and that's where we do life together as a congregation in those small groups in our homes and so um, the pastor has said that we should continue gathering and uh, worshiping together and uh, uh, praying for one another praying for the situation but whilst we gather to make sure that we are safe, we are taking precautionary measures, we sanitize our hands, we, we exercise everything that will make sure that everyone is safe in that space. And he said that he will continue to uh, preach on the series that he's working on currently and to just continue praying for our nation as the cases of uh, the coronavirus continue to rise. Hi, I'm Kingsley Paul from India. The pandemic situation in India is not very encouraging. We are off late observing a spike in cases, which is a matter of great concern. And nobody exactly knows the magnitude of the problem. Coming to our church gatherings, we did have a regular worship this Sunday with an advisory from our pastor to the members that the ones having fever or any such symptoms should abstain. We are streaming our services for those who cannot make it, but we are sincerely praying for the situation to subside so that people can get on with their normal life. Hi, I'm Sam Daniel from Chennai in India. To begin with, uh, churches in my city, Chennai, have been witnessing 
at dwindling attendance uh, anywhere between 5 to 10% over the last two weeks. Normally, Indian churches, particularly those in south of India, uh, witness packed churches. And for instance, in my church, the 200-year-olds in Andrews Kirk in Chennai, over the last two weeks, we could see around 5 to 10% lesser number of people. The traditional handshakes during the course of the service is also uh, coming down. People resort to the traditional way of greeting by folding hands, what we call as vanakkam in Tamil or namaste in, in Hindi. And uh, our church has live streaming always. So people who are traveling or people who could, who could not attend the services have the option all the time to watch it online. The Tamil Nadu government too has already announced a partial lockdown across the state. Already schools, colleges, theatres, malls remain shut till the 31st of this month. The uh, collectors also have been empowered to seal premises, to stop, to completely lock down areas if they think it warrants. And as we speak now, the collector in the Tanjavur district has already uh, ordered closure of the very famous big temple there for visitors just to make sure these places do not uh, contribute to spread the coronavirus. The Catholic Church appears to be taking a lead already. For instance, in neighboring Karnataka, the bishop in Bengaluru has already asked those who have tested positive for, for, the, for the coronavirus not to come to churches. The priests have been advised to wash their hands regularly both before and after the services. The holy water fonts at these churches will also be emptied and cleaned regularly. And they've also left it to the discretion of the devotees, the faithful there, in terms of uh, they have the choice to bless themselves with the water there. And communion will not be given in hands, but uh, will be given in hands and will not be placed on the tongues. And uh, the next two weeks are very crucial for India because uh, already the country has reported three deaths related to coronavirus care. And those who have tested positive in India, many would say the cases at the moment amount to seven times higher than uh, what China witnessed. And uh, for example, during every incubation cycle, if China had a 10% rise in cases, India is witnessing already 17 times around the same time. So it's very important over the next two weeks, the country joins hands uh, to make sure the chain is broken. And uh, uh, I think over the next few days, over the next few weeks, we can expect the uh, attendance in churches to come down drastically. Churches on their own voluntarily announcing several measures and the government authorities do. Uh, intervening to make sure uh, churches also join hands in this fight against the corona scare. Thank you very much. And also, I, th I was thinking when it was going to be house groups that we were likely to be going down to as opposed to 
the virtual sphere before that I was thinking it's a, a nice opportunity to sort of see how um, some churches have to exist anyway. If you think about the church I now write about in Iran, uh, it's their common practice uh, out of necessity because uh, they're not allowed to meet openly that they have to meet in these groups. So I was sort of thinking that it provides us with a unique opportunity to actually experience a little bit of what it's like for people um, in places where it's harder to practice faith, albeit we won't have um, the, uh, anywhere near the sort of same issues that they do. But uh, nevertheless, it'll give us a, a sort of refreshing chance, I suppose, to be, to be tested. So I'm certainly trying to, to uh, keep positive with that uh, frame of mind and seeing, as, uh, seeing it as a chance for uh, us to sort of hold on to hope and to be hope bringers in this time of, uh, of fear and uncertainty. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by executive editor Paul Gladder, edited and produced by Peter Freebie. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at ReligionMag. <laughs>